Come on, lift your hands one more time. Just bless the Lord. David said that one of the greatest desires that he had was to dwell in the presence of the Lord, to inquire in his temple, and to behold the beauty of the Lord. If you ever behold the beauty of the Lord, you'll never be the same. The beauty of the Lord represents his greatness, his goodness, his faithfulness. When you get a revelation of just how beautiful our God is, you never want to quit again. You never want to give up again. You'll be willing to stand for as long as it takes. Amen. So just lift your hands and say, Lord, you are beautiful. You're lovely. You're faithful. You're great. Think about it for a moment. Just how great is our God? How great is our God? Nothing is impossible to him. Can you say amen? amen? Come on, give me your best shout this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Before you're seated, I, I want to address my television audience since we're taping again today. Uh, you see that it's still a Christmas scene. So we're actually in our New Year, our uh, December the 23rd service here at Heritage of Faith. And uh, you're actually seeing this broadcast in February. But that's why we still have the Christmas decorations up. We haven't had Christmas yet. <laughs> and so uh, I just wanted to let you know why you're seeing the Christmas decorations. But you're actually seeing this broadcast in February. And we're already into a new year by the time you see this. And I believe you are expecting marvels wonders and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. If you are, give the Lord a good shout. Give the Lord a good shout. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, you can be seated. Praise God. Welcome everybody. Merry Christmas. Hallelujah. Well, this is the third service that I'll be sharing with you on the prophetic word the Lord's given me for 2019. And I'm looking forward to sharing with you this morning. So uh, either loosen your seatbelt or fasten it, one or the other. Because <laughs> I believe it's going to be a, a, a great time in the Lord today. Hallelujah. Uh, we want to welcome, first of all, before we get started, Carla Porter from Nairobi, Kenya. Give Carla a good hand. Praise God. Carla has been affiliated with this ministry for many, many, many years, and uh, we're always happy to be with her and have her in the service. And, and uh, of course, uh, some of the team, the church team, just came from there not too long ago, and they had a marvelous time with all the folks in Nairobi, Kenya, and uh, looking forward to coming back as soon as I can. Amen. You got your Bibles with you? Hold them up and let me see them. All right. Got them iPhones and iPads again. <laughs> I like the feel of leather. <laughs> Amen. Now, I'm grateful for that technology because I don't have to carry a suitcase full of tapes anymore and CDs and all that, you know, like I used to. 
Now I can just download everything. Well, I don't know how to download, but I pay people who know how to do that. <laughs> and I'll just take all my old Oral Roberts and T.L. Osborne and John Osteen and Kenneth Hagan and Kenneth Copeland messages from when I first started out, have them downloaded so I can listen to them on those long flights. Praise God. But in my hotel room and in my home at home, <laughs> I like the feel of leather. I still like holding this Bible. Amen. And you know what? By the time these people see this on television, I will be celebrating 50 years of ministry. 50 years of ministry. Praise God. Hallelujah. And it has been what I have referred to all these years, adventures in faith. Amen. And it has been that, adventures in faith. All right, open your Bibles, first of all, to Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. <clears throat> Marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. That's the word the Lord gave me that I'll be preaching about all over the world throughout 2019 and beyond. And uh, I want to encourage you to lay hold upon it. Believe for it. Mix your faith with it. And don't be satisfied for anything less. Amen. Look at verse 11, Exodus chapter 15. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? The message translation says, who compares with you wonder-working God? Look at somebody and tell them, my God is the wonder-working God. Tell somebody else, my God is the wonder-working God. And they'll tell them this, he wasn't the wonder-working God. He still is the wonder-working God. God himself says, I am God and I change not. Amen. So if he was the wonder-working God in the book of Exodus... And we see if we read the book of Exodus, there were wonders all through that book. And if he was the wonder-working God all the way through the Old Testament, and if he was the wonder-working God in the ministry of Jesus, if he was the wonder-working God in the book of Acts with the early apostles, if he was the wonder-working God during all those great outpourings and moves of God that have taken place down through history, then he is still the wonder-working God today. Can you give the Lord a good shout about that? Amen. Now the Bible says in Psalm 40 and verse 5, Many, O Lord our God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done. Many are the wonderful works that God has done. Psalm seventy-seven fourteen says, Thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou art the God that doest wonders. And notice that's not past tense. He is the God who still does wonders. The message translation says, no God is like our God. You're the God who makes things happen. I love that. Look at somebody and tell them, my God, my God is the God, is God that, makes things happen. that makes things happen. And then Psalm 89.5 says, the heavens shall praise thy wonders. Psalm 96.3, declare his glory among the heathen. His wonders among all people. And then Psalm 107 verse 8 says, 
Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And once again, since God declares himself as the God who changes not, then if he was the wonder-working God, then he is still the wonder-working God. Can you say amen? Now, I've only mentioned some scriptures there in the Old Testament, but if you follow the ministry of Jesus, you'll find in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the same thing is happening there. Wonders, marvels, extraordinary manifestations. Then you get over into the book of Acts and you see the same thing happening there with the early church, the early disciples. And as I mentioned, uh, if you study or have studied or would like to study sometime, all the outpourings and awakenings and moves of God that have taken place, and I've studied them all, then you will find that each one of them had marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations. Amen. And I believe that is on his agenda big time in closing out before the appearing of the Lord Jesus. Amen. I've said this before, but I want to say it again. The last time that I had conversation with Oral Roberts, I asked Brother Roberts, what is the Lord saying to you? Or what's the Lord said to you recently in a visitation? He said, Oral, if you thought you saw signs, wonders, and miracles under the big tent, you haven't seen anything yet, son. They're coming back big time. Big time. Smith Wigglesworth prophesied it. A lot of, uh, a lot of men and women involved in those uh, early moves of God, uh, in, in not only here in America, but around the world, they all saw the same thing coming. Amen. So we are on the verge of a mighty, mighty outpouring of God, a mighty, mighty move of God that will involve marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations. Now, the reason being is because it takes more than just good sermons, particularly in the world we live in today. They want to see something. Amen. Now, I'm going to keep preaching good sermons. Everybody say yes, amen. I'm going to keep preaching good sermons, but Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. And then it says in Mark, the 16th chapter, they went forth preaching everywhere, the Lord working with them. Well, when the Lord's working with you, then signs, wonders, and miracles take place. Said the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Amen. The Bible says that there was a time when Jesus was teaching in a house and the place was packed out. Nobody else could get in. And some men knew a friend of theirs that was crippled and they wanted to get him in that room in the presence of Jesus. They knew if they could get him in there, then he would be healed, but they couldn't get in. When they came to the house, the place was packed out. People standing even at the edge of the back door, people standing apparently in around the windows, they couldn't get in. But these men were determined that their friend was going to have a miracle. So they climbed on top of the roof tore the roof off and lowered the man down. And when Jesus saw their faith, the Bible says, he said he was healed and delivered. It was a great wonder, a great marvel that took place. And, and the people even said, we have seen strange things today. See, that's what a marvel is. It's a wonder is uh, an extraordinary manifestation of the greatness of God. 
To a lot of people, it's strange. To others, it's wonderful. But nevertheless, you can only attribute it to God. Nobody but God. Look at your neighbor and say, nobody but God. Amen. So God plans to close out this church age, so to speak, with marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestation because it is his will that all men be saved. He doesn't want anybody going to hell. He wants them all saved. And if it's going to take the preaching of the word plus signs following, then that's what God has on his agenda. Can you say amen? Amen. All right, now, to experience marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestation of the greatness of our God, we're going to have to take the limits off. Thank you for your enthusiasm. We're going to have to take the limits off. Amen. Amen. You'll see, and I'm going to lead you into it in just a few moments, that the two primary ways that we limit ourselves and we limit God is by small thinking and negative talking. Small thinking and negative talking. And you need to get rid of both. Amen. If you're going to experience marvels and wonders and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of God, then you're going to have to stop thinking small. Quit saying things like, that couldn't happen to me. That only happens to Brother Jerry. Or that only happens to Brother Copeland. Well, those things only happen to Oral Roberts uh, or or Billy Graham. Aren't you a child of God? Are you a believer? Then that qualifies you, praise God. But, you know, you can be a child of God and a believer as such and still be a small thinker. Amen. You say, well, I've just never been able to think big. Well, if you get in the word more, it will enlarge your capacity. Amen. I mean, we all start out, you know, somewhat being small thinkers. I I wasn't able to think as big as I can think now when I first started out. You know, before I uh, really launched out into the ministry, uh, when I'd just given my life to the Lord, before I'd ever preached my first sermon, I couldn't imagine. And you need to get rid of that phrase too. I couldn't imagine me ever getting out of Shreveport, Louisiana. And now my ministry has touched the four corners of the earth. I've been in 46 different nations. I've preached to crowds as small as one, and I've preached to crowds as, small, as, as large as 100,000 people. My messages are going around the world. The resources. I couldn't think like that when I first started out. But the more I spent time with God, And the more I listened to other people who thought bigger than me and had the opportunity from time to time to be in their presence, they enlarged my thinking. Amen. Amen. I I so appreciate, and I've said it many times, I so appreciate uh, the relationship I had with Oral Roberts over the years. And uh, I, I noticed something about him almost immediately. That if you went to thinking small and talking small around him, he'd just turn his head and wouldn't look at you anymore. One time I I took him by the chin and turned his face back to me. I said, are you listening to me? He said, no. I said, why not? He said, you think too small. Then he turned his head back. 
I had to walk around in front of him for him to look at me. He said, when you start thinking bigger, I'll look at you. Well, you know, that was a little uh, embarrassing. Also, it was uh, challenging. But before he passed away, he looked at me all the time. (laughs) Amen. He never turned his head away from me. Again, praise God. Because I learned to think bigger. Amen. And then, dear Lord, if you went to talking negative around him, he'd just walk off. I wonder what would happen if we did that with so many in here today. If he just came up to us and started talking small and negative and just walk away. Oh, I know what happened. I ain't going to that church no more. They get mad, upset. No, I love the challenge. I love the correction. I don't want to stay small. I don't want to continue to think small. I don't want to continue to talk negative. The Bible says a fool will not receive a rebuke. Amen. And I've been rebuked by some of the best. (laughs) But it enlarged me. It enabled me to go to another level. So if we're going to experience marvels and wonders and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God, we're going to have to take the limits off of ourselves and we're going to have to take the limits off God. We're going to have to think bigger. Let your neighbor say, think bigger. We're going to have to allow our imaginations to soar and to rise to new levels. Now, a lot of people have the idea that our imagination is bad and evil, but it's not. It's a God-given gift. God gave you the ability to imagine. Now, you can use it to think bad, evil, and even perverted. But you don't have to. Amen? The Bible says casting down imaginations that don't line up with the Word of God. That's the only imagination we cast down. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, then cast it down. Think on the Word. Think on things that are just and lovely and good report. You can be selective about what you think. Be selective about where you let your imagination go. Amen? And you're, you're imagining something all the time, so you might as well use it in a positive way. You know, sometimes you get up in the morning and you imagine yourself failing that day. Some people imagine themselves getting laid off, losing their job. They can almost, they can almost see it happening. They, they can hear the words down in here of what their boss is going to say. And then if you don't cast those thoughts down, then eventually you start talking them. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you just prophesied your own doom. Amen. Are you still here this morning? So we need to think bigger. And we need to let our imaginations to soar. To rise to a new level. Amen. I don't see us in this building very much longer. 
I see a new building. A larger building. A beautiful building. Amen. We need to make a statement in our community. We're people who know how to believe God. We're people of faith. We're people who think big. This doesn't represent what I believe. I'm, I'm grateful for it. I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled in the way God brought it into our ministry years ago. But it doesn't represent what I preach. And it's just a matter of time. And what I preach is going to match the building. <laughs> and the building is going to match what I preach. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you thinking bigger? Justin, you thinking bigger? Amen. Anybody else in here thinking bigger? Turn and look around at this building and say, well, building, it's been nice, but we're not going to stay here forever. <laughs> Amen. We're not going to stay here forever. We're going to turn you into something else. Amen. Hallelujah. You're dreaming, Brother Jerry. Well, if that's what you want to call it, yes, I am. But I'm letting my imagination soar. Amen. And to rise to a new level. Hallelujah. We can have an oasis right out here in the wilderness. Can you say amen? Not only that, but, but we want to represent to our community. And this community is growing. I mean, they are building all around us now. So they need to see, not only hear what we preach, but they need to see the evidence of what we preach. Praise God. Can you say amen? amen? So I want you to go with me. Let's all go higher. Let your neighbor and say, I'm going higher. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So stop thinking in terms of your imagination being something evil or bad, or even perverted. Now, once again, you can allow it to become that, but that's not the way God presented it. That's not the way God intended. You must remember that when we were born again, we were recreated, being a new spirit being with the nature of God. Amen. No limits. The mind of Christ. The presence of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. That should enable us to think big. And bigger. Would you agree with that? We have the mind of Christ. You now have the ability to think God's thoughts. You have the ability to imagine like he imagines. So don't limit yourself and don't limit him by small thinking and negative talking. Let's go to Psalm 78 for a moment. Psalm 78. If you read Psalm 78, it's, it's almost like a history of what God did for the children of Israel prior to entering into the book of Psalms. And it's giving somewhat of a synopsis of all the great things God did for the children of Israel. And we'll start out in verse 11 
It says, and they forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. Marvelous things. Notice, wonders and marvels. They forgot his works, his wonders that he had showed them. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. And it goes on and talks about from verse 13 to 18, some of those things he did. And then in verse 19, after he had done all these wonders, all these marvels, and they were witnesses to it, it says in verse 19, yea, they spake against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? In other words, God had done all these marvels and wonders for them. They already knew that he had the ability to do it. It's not like they'd never seen God do any marvelous thing or wonderful thing in their lives. They'd already seen him do it many, many times that caused them to stand in awe. And yet, every time they had another challenge, they started asking the question, but can he do this? And can he do that? Notice it says, but can he furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smoked the rock that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread? Also, can he provide flesh for his people? Notice after they'd seen all these marvelous things that he had done. But every time they had a new challenge, every time some new adversity arose, they'd forgot what they'd already seen. They forgot what he'd already done. Just like people today, you know. In fact, I think these people that it's referring to, their offspring became charismatics. Because <laughs> there's people in churches all over the world today that are still asking, but can he? Yeah, but can he do this? How many of you have ever experienced a miracle in your life? All of us have in some way and most of us many times. How many of you know that you know that you know it was God who made it happen? No question about it. It was God. Lift your hand again. Have you had any needs since then? What do we tend to do? Forget what he's already done. What he's already shown us. But can he do this? And can he do that? And here the Bible says that provoked God. They were still thinking small and still talking negative. Verse 22 says, because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. Look at verse 35. They remembered that God was their rock, the high God, their redeemer. Notice they're kind of back and forth. One moment, they don't remember anything he's done. The next, member, next moment, they remember, oh yeah, he's our rock. That sounds like people today. One moment, they can't remember a thing that he's done. And the next moment, Oh yeah, especially if they get in a service where the anointing's flowing and the word of God's being preached powerfully and they remember, oh yeah, 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 I remember now. Boy, 
that was a, that was a close one, but God brought us through. Hallelujah. But it won't be a week and another challenge arises and they forget what God has already done. Can you say amen? amen. We can't keep acting like that and at the same time say, I'm believing for marvels and wonders and extraordinary manifestations. Are you really? Let your neighbor say, first of all, you need to do something about your small thinking. And then you need to go back to the basics and watch your mouth. Amen. Hallelujah. Now look at Psalm 78 and notice in verse 40. How often did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy, how he had wrought his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zion. Notice they limited God through their small thinking and their negative talk. And the Bible says it provoked him. In other words, he was not pleased with that kind of attitude. And I don't think it pleases him now either. Can you say amen? Particularly when you and I are people who have witnessed the miraculous. And people that have already experienced marvels and wonders in our lives. I could stand up here and tell you for 50 years, different marvels and wonders and extraordinary manifestations that Carol and I have experienced, not only in our lives personally, but in the ministry. Amen? I could, it would take a long time to cover all those stories. And I don't have time to do it today. We've talked about them in the past. But I believe if I'm hearing the Spirit of God correctly, and I believe I am, we haven't seen anything yet. Who compares to our God? Amen. I've learned also this about, I wrote this in my notes this morning, that most of the time, marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of His greatness have to do with things not yet seen. We haven't seen it yet. Paul said, I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love Him. Not only that, they, they usually pertain to things that haven't been experienced yet, things that haven't been seen yet. And like Job chapter 5 verse 9, which has become one of my favorite verses now, where God says that he, he does unexpected things. Unexpected things. And there's no end, the message translation says, there's no end to his surprises. I love that. There's no end to God's surprises. I want to challenge you to get up every morning and expect surprises. Well, Brother Jerry, if it's a surprise, why would I expect it? You can expect surprises. It just surprises you in how God makes it happen. <clears throat> I'm, I'm not surprised that God does this, but I'm always surprised at how he goes about making it happen. I don't have a clue how he's going to do it. 
particularly in the way of financial blessings. I don't have a clue how God is going to make this happen for me. But I'm not surprised that he'll do it because he's the God of surprises. He's the God of wonders. He's the God of marvels. He's the God of extraordinary manifestations. So I'm not surprised that God does it, but I'm always surprised at how he goes about it or who he uses. Amen. That's the, that's the surprise part. But I get up every day expecting God to surprise me. Amen. You know, one day, and I've, I've mentioned this before, but one day I, I got a call from a man. He said, can you come to my office? I said, well, yeah, but I haven't. I said, is it the office that your father used to have? He said, yes. I said, well, I haven't been over there in a long time. And I, I know, you know, pretty much where it is, but go ahead and tell me so I make sure I'm going in the right direction. So he told me, and it was where I thought it was. And I got over there, and uh, he's, he's, a, he's a cowboy. I mean, he got the boots, he got the belt, he got the hat, and he had his feet propped up on his desk, leaning back in his recliner chair, you know. And uh, when I walked in, and he got up and leaned over the desk to shake hands with me, then he called his wife in the office. And I don't have a clue what he wants. He just said, can you come to the office today? I said, yeah, I'm home, so I'll, I'll be there. So I get over there, and he goes through the, the greeting. And then he pushes this envelope across the desk in front of me. He said, uh, I just wanted to see how you react to what's in that envelope. I said, okay. Open the envelope. It's a million-dollar check. A million-dollar check. And I heard God say, surprise. (laughs) Now, it didn't surprise me because I've been confessing that for years and years and years. Is that right, Joe? Joe's been with me for 38, 39 years. Staff in this organization that have been there that long, they've heard me say those things. I've been saying it ever since I launched out into this ministry. That one day, somebody is going to give this ministry a million dollars all at one time. Now, I'd had people over a period of years, if you added up everything they'd given, it totaled over a million dollars. But nobody had ever done it at one time. One million dollars at one time. And he looked at me when I opened that, and he saw that big smile come on my face. He said, are you surprised? I said, well, no, sir, I'm not surprised, but I am surprised at who God used to do it. Yeah. Amen. 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 Because this man, who was a successful businessman, his father was a successful businessman, but after his father passed away and he became the, you know, the, the new CEO of the company, and uh, the thing had started going downhill even before his father passed away. And he told me about two years before this all happened that I've been reading your book on from restoration, I mean from devastation to restoration. He said, I've read it three times now. I read it every morning. I've read it three times. And I believe God is going to restore our family business. And I believe he's going to restore our finances. And he said, and when he does, 
And he said, just like you say, not if he does, but when he does. He said, you just count on it. I'm going to bless your ministry. Well, I've heard people say that, you know, for years and years. And if everybody that's ever said, I'm really going to bless your ministry. If they all came through, I wouldn't have to receive another offering till (laughs) mid-millennium. But not everybody comes through, you know. But he, he said, you know me, you knew my dad, and we're people of integrity, and it's going to happen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, I didn't know how much he was talking about. He didn't say it, but he just said, we're going to bless your ministry. And when that check came across that desk, and I laid my eyes on it, I heard the Lord say, surprise. And he wasn't referring to that he made it happen. He was referring to how he made it happen and who he used to make it happen. Amen. Because I did not, I was not surprised that it happened. When you've been saying for nearly 50 years, somebody's going to do this someday. When it happens, it doesn't surprise you unless you didn't believe what you were saying all those years. I believed what I was saying all those years. Amen. And, I, and I, I called Carolyn and told her, and then I called the office and I said, I want to have a staff meeting as soon as I get back. And some of the ladies in the uh, uh, finance department uh, and, and opens the mail and, and handles all that. I didn't know it at the time, but they were saying in the accounting department that they were going to be the one who opened the envelope that had the million dollar check in it. And somebody else said, no, I'm the one's going to open that envelope. And I didn't know that was going on back there, but thank God it was, man. They had their faith. They were believing every morning when they opened the mail, I'm going to be the one who opens that envelope that's got the million dollar check in it. Hallelujah. I I like staff doing that. Praise God. (laughs) Amen. I said, well, let's have a staff meeting. So I went in there and I told them about what happened. And I said, and look what happened today. And I showed them that million dollar check. And they all shouted and praised God. And I said, come walk by it and look at it. Look at it closely. Because this will be the first of many. Notice I'm already thinking bigger. I said, I'm already thinking bigger. Well, has it happened yet? No, I hadn't, hadn't got my second million dollar check yet. <clears throat> but, but he's the God of marvels. He's the God of wonders. He's the God who does extraordinary things. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. So get rid of words like that would never happen to me. Somebody was thinking that right now. That could never happen to me. Well, if you don't change your thinking and change your confession, then it won't happen to you. And if you're saying, that only happens to people like Brother Jerry. You just keep saying that, I'm going to get my faith in agreement with you, praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Small thinking, negative talking. Quit saying, can he? Your declaration should be, he can. He can. Look at your neighbor and say, he can do this. And then say, and he will do this. Because I'm stretching my faith. 
not thinking negative anymore. Hallelujah. Now, here it shows by them asking, can he do this and can he do that? They were still thinking small and they were still talking negative. And they robbed themselves of experiencing more and more marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations. Amen. Don't, don't side up with the devil. You've already got an enemy. Why would you want to join efforts with him? He's the one that never wants it to happen to you. Don't join efforts with him. Amen. Quit saying, can he? And start proclaiming boldly, he can. Tell someone, I'm not talking negative anymore. And I'm through thinking small. And lift your hands and say, now, Lord, help me. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to Genesis chapter 15. Are you receiving? Genesis chapter 15, and you're familiar with this, story of Abraham and Sarah. And God had told them they would have a, a child. Sarah would conceive, even though it was impossible for her to conceive. Her womb was dead. They're old, up in age now. And it was impossible. And so, in fact, when Sarah heard this, she laughed. And God said, wherefore did you laugh? And he said, nothing is impossible with El Shaddai. Amen. Now, in Genesis 15, 5, God was helping Abraham out. Because in the natural, this was impossible. And look at verse 5. God brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Now notice, God takes him outside one evening. And tells him to look toward the heavens. Look up in the sky. Tell me how many stars you see. Count them. If you can do that, then you'll be able to tell me how many your seed will be. Because that's how many your seed will be. Now notice God didn't take Abraham out there and say... Look directly in front of you. Don't look to either side and count how many stars you can see just directly in front of you. Well, that still would have been a large number. But it was God who was enlarging his capacity. It was God who encouraged him to think bigger. There's nothing wrong with thinking bigger. Nothing wrong with imagining bigger. It's nothing wrong with you seeing yourself out of debt. Nothing wrong with you seeing yourself having plenty left over after all the bills are paid. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you seeing yourself not having to use your finances on notes anymore. Nothing wrong with you seeing yourself being able to be the giver that you've always wanted to be. Enlarging your gifts. 
and blessing more ministries and blessing individuals. Amen. Nothing wrong with that at all. In fact, it's like God taking you by the hand and taking you out in your front yard and say, look into the heavens. Tell me how many stars you see. Number them. And if you could possibly number them all, then he'd say, now that's how big you should be thinking. Notice it was God who initiated this, not Abraham. Abraham didn't go out there and say, I'm going to have as many seed as I can count stars. No, God took him by the hand and took him out and said, look up. Tell me how many stars you see. Count them. If you can give me that number, then that's how many seed you will have. Your offspring. Hallelujah. So it was God who was encouraging Abraham to think bigger. Amen. I remember when I first moved here, I'd been working with Brother Copeland just a short time. And he had his first airplane that he believed God for, debt-free, was a little Cessna Skyline, just a little single-engine airplane. And uh, we got in it one day. He, he told me, he said, let's, let's go somewhere. Meet me out at Oak Grove Airport. So we went out to Oak Grove Airport, and I didn't have a clue where we were going. And we got in the plane, and, and he took off, and we went on the north side of Fort Worth. Now, I, I, I didn't know much about the north side of Fort Worth because I just moved here. And so he flew over to the north side of Fort Worth. And uh, I saw a runway off to the left. He had it banked, and I could see that runway. And he came around, and he, was going, he, he, he looked like he was on final approach and was going to land, or at least do a touch and go. But there were cattle on the runway. This was all farmland. You know, guy that owned it had cattle out there. So Brother Copeland flew over the runway low to scatter the cattle. And then we flew back around and the cattle were off the runway now. And so he did a touch and go. He he touched down and then he turned to me and he said, you hear me saying it? One day I'm going to own this place. I'm going to build my headquarters here. And then we took off. And then we came back around and he touched down again. He said, you hear me saying it? One day I'm going to own this place. I'm going to build my headquarters here. And we took off and we came back around the third time. And he touched down. You hear me saying it? One day I'm going to own this place. I'm going to build my headquarters here. And we took off. Now I happen to know that Brother Copeland probably didn't have two quarters to rub together. (laughs) At that time. I mean, he'd only been in the ministry about three years now. And he didn't have the money to buy that place. But he was saying, and every time he touched down, he said it and he was letting his imagination soar. Now it didn't happen in a month or a year or a few years. I mean, I, I, I was working for him when we had that little office that actually had been his father's insurance office. And, and brother A.W. Copeland, his daddy just gave him some space in there. 
He gave him an office. Uh, they used the same secretary. And my office, when I moved here to go to work with him, my office was the hallway to the bathroom. <laughs> Little tiny building over on uh, Berry Street. And uh, I, I was running, doing the tapes and all that back then, reel-to-reel tapes. And I had built some shelves all the way along the length of that hallway so I could put the duplicators and the, and the tape recorders and all that on there. And if anybody had to go to the bathroom, I had to leave my office because it wasn't wide enough for them to get past me if I was working tapes. Jerry, I need to go to the bathroom. So I'd walk out and they'd go to the bathroom. And then when they got out, I'd go back to work. Now, this is a big vision. And if you, if you based it on what you could see at that present time, you would think this boy needs help. No way in the natural could he own all that acreage and build headquarters there. When we're a little office with four employees and half of them work for his daddy too. Back then when he said, we going to do this and we going to do that, I was we Savelle. <laughs> but he kept believing and kept sowing seed toward it. And it wasn't too long that we wound up moving into a bigger office out in White Settlement. Bigger office. You know, I had my own office now in the tape production area, you know. And uh, man, we, as we say where I grew up, we in tall cotton now, you know. <laughs> And uh, it was a bigger office. And it wasn't long after that, he got the place over on Bolt Street. And it was about twice the size of this office. Not only that, but he's flying a bigger, better airplane now. And before I left, they had moved out to Arlington. Well, after I left, they moved to Arlington, to that old country club that became their office. And I took over eventually the office on Bolt Street. And uh, everything's growing. Everything's expanding. The vision seems to be coming to pass. Not overnight. Not in a matter of a few years. Amen. But he wouldn't let go of the vision. You got to get a vision of marvels and wonders and extraordinary manifestations. If you keep saying nothing like that ever happens to me, then it won't. It won't. But he wouldn't let go of it. And I remember the day that he met with the people and bought that piece of property. I said, Brother Copeland, do you remember the day we come out here in that little skyline and did them touch and goes? And he said, yeah, I remember that. You were with me. I'd forgotten you were with me. And I touched down three different times and kept saying, one of these days, I'm going to own this piece of property and build my headquarters here. I said, oh, I'll never forget it. I mean, that was big to me. And then to see it come to pass, oh, that does something for your faith. Can you say amen? amen. Don't 
fuss with people and get angry with people whose faith is at a greater level than yours. Hook up with them. Amen. Hook up with them. Praise God. They'll, they'll pull you up to their level. Yeah, I told the story one time about I never played golf before. And this guy wanted me to play golf with him. I don't know anything about golf. And it, we went out there because he just kept begging me to go. And we went out there and I was horrible. I was hitting trees. I was, you know, I was in the water. Uh, you know, I top it and it'd go about three feet in front of me, you know. And, and, uh, and he was a pretty good golfer, you know. And, and it was lousy, man. I don't, even, I don't even remember. I don't want to remember my score. People hollering behind me, get off the course. You know? You're holding up everybody, you know. And so he begged me to go one more time. So I went one more time with him. I didn't do any better. Well, one of my board of directors, uh, he left Fort Worth and he moved back to Big Spring, Texas. And he was a great golfer. And he, he was like the clubhouse pro in Big Spring. And so I went out there uh, to preach in Big Spring. And he said, let's go play golf. You don't have anything to do tomorrow. I said, Joe, I don't play golf. He said, why not? I said, well, if you had been there when I played golf, you would know why not. He said, well, was the guy you played with any good? I said, well, he was better than me. He said, well, how do you think you would do if you played with someone who's really good? I said, I'd be embarrassed. (laughs) He said, why don't you think of it like this? If you play with someone who knows what they're doing and can show you what to do, don't you think it might take your game to another level? I said, yeah, let's go play golf. And he did. I mean, I... I played a whole lot better that time. Wasn't anything to brag about, but I played a whole lot better. And then we went another time and with this guy. And I, my game improved. I played a whole lot better. Once again, nothing to brag about, but I, he took me to another level. Just being around somebody who knew what they were doing. If you're struggling with your faith, get around people who know what they're doing. (laughs) Get in a faith environment. Get in a no limits mentality environment. Don't get upset with people who think bigger than you. Can you say amen? amen? If you want marvels and wonders and extraordinary manifestations. So God was endeavoring to enlarge Abraham's capacity. He was wanting to enlarge Abraham's vision. And once again, remember, it was God who initiated this. God didn't get on to Abraham after he had this ability to think bigger. He didn't get on to him and call him high-minded. He's the one who initiated it. So God doesn't mind you thinking big. He just wants you to include him in your plans, praise God. And then give him all the credit when it comes to pass. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let me close it with this. What exactly are wonders? Something unfamiliar that is unable to be explained 
other than it was something only God could make happen. Something unfamiliar that is unable to be explained other than it was something only God could make happen. What are marvels? That which arrests the attention of a person and causes them to pause and to stand in awe and with admiration and amazement. And once again, knowing that only God could have made this happen. It arrests the attention of a person and causes them to pause and to stand with awe and with admiration and amazement. And then what are extraordinary manifestations? Remarkable, uncommon, rare, special, and exceeding the norm. Amen. I'll give you that again. Extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. They are remarkable, uncommon, rare, special, and exceeding the norm. Acts chapter 19 verse 11 says, And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. The message translation says, Things that were quite out of the ordinary. Amen. Things that were quite out of the ordinary. Now, this, this is my next to last closing. <laughs> I love closing. Sometimes I do it four or five times. Now, here's what I want to challenge you with. I already talked about thinking bigger. Let your imagination soar. But here's what you do on a daily basis. Number one, think about it all the time. Think about it all the time. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. What you choose to think about the most, what you dwell on the most, is what will eventually take place in your life. You become what you think about the most. I've heard it said, and I've used it many times, your life tends to go in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. Amen. Proverbs 4.23 from the Good News Translation. Be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. So think about marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations. Amen. That's the way we did all through 2018. I mean, every time I got up, the moment my eyes were opened, I'd say, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory today. Manifestations of your presence, your power, and your goodness. I thought about it all the time. In fact, when we'd get ready to go somewhere, uh, you know, Joe with me or whoever was with me, we get out to the airport out here, Spinks, and, uh, and before we got on the plane, Lord, show us your glory today. After we took off, Lord, show us your glory today. Sometimes we'd just be carrying on a conversation about something else, and then they'd just come out of us. Lord, show us your glory today. Get over in those meetings. Lord, show us your glory in these meetings tonight. We thought about it all the time. And consequently, number two, we decreed it all the time. Amen. Don't just talk about it in church. When you walk out of here, think about 
marvels, wonders, extraordinary manifestations. Who knows? You could be at lunch today and a total stranger buy your lunch. And the waitress has been told, we're not supposed to tell who did it. If that's never happened to you before, then you've already had your first marvel. It's not even 2019 yet. Amen. If it makes you say, I wonder who did that. That's a wonder. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Think about it. Now don't go around each table and say, are you supposed to buy my meal? No. Remember, you can only attribute it to God. You don't make it happen. Let God be God. He's good at this. So get up every day thinking on it. Then number two, decree it every day. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 13. And several times during the course of the day. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So notice, if you truly believe something, you're going to talk it. You can't help talking it. Amen. If it's truly in your heart and you truly believe it, you're not going to be able to stop it from coming out of your mouth. I believe, therefore have I spoken. Now you're, you're speaking whatever you believe all the time, good or bad. If you go around saying, nothing like that ever happens to me, that's what you believe. We just found out what's in your heart. Amen. And then number three, expect it every day. Expect it every day. Expecting implies that you're looking forward to it. And usually with excitement. You know, little kids, they they get excited. I mean, they're already excited about Christmas. I realize for the TV audience, it's already passed, but we haven't had it yet. And and I know when I was a kid, and you did too. Man, when it was just about Christmas, I could hardly wait. Not only that, but my birthday was Christmas Eve. And I got robbed. <laughs> if that don't happen anymore. I demand two different presents that are not even related to each other. <laughs> Tomorrow I'll be 72. Praise God. Amen. And uh, but my mom, she'd buy me the pants for my birthday and the shirt for Christmas. My dad would buy me a toolbox for my birthday and the tools for Christmas, you know, but now I demand two different presents that are non-related. Amen. But you get up expecting, you know, you get up expecting. How many of you, how many of you were told when you were a kid, there was a Santa Claus. I saw him in the sleigh, in the sky at my grandmother's home. I swear to this day, I saw him. <laughs> we were all at grandma's house and Joe and all the cousins, we were all there. And, and grandma's house was so small with all this gang. They put quilts on the floor everywhere. You had to step over people to get anywhere, you know. And uh, me and Joe and Donnie, we were on a quilt in grandma and grandpa's bedroom. And it was up against the window. 
and everybody's asleep in there. I got up and I raised that window shade. I saw Santa Claus in that, in that sleigh with Rudolph at the front. You'll never convince me I didn't see that. <laughs> and I, I couldn't sleep anymore because I, I, I couldn't wait to see what he brought me. You know what he brought me? He left it on the front porch, a bicycle, a J.C. Higgins bicycle from Sears and Roebuck. So my mom and dad bought everything from Sears and Roebuck. Everything. They charged it all for Christmas, took them all year to pay it off, and then they started all over again next Christmas. You know, I swore I'd never owe Sears and Roebuck a dime in my life because I saw my dad pay Sears and Roebuck all his life. I said, I will never owe Sears and Roebuck. I kept my word. I never owed Sears and Roebuck. I owed everybody else, but never Sears and Roebuck. <laughs> But I know, you know, Santa Claus wasn't real, but nevertheless, the expectancy, just the thought of him being real. Well, God's real. This is not a thought. This is not a fantasy. God is real and he's the wonder working God. Amen. And so you should get up every morning thinking this, go to bed with it on your mind, marvels, wonders, Extraordinary manifestations. Amen. And then think about how in the world do you suppose God will do this? Okay, God, I'm not going to think that anymore. You're God. You're the God of wonders. You're the God of surprises. I'll leave that in your capable hands, but I'm expecting it. Hallelujah. Get up talking it. Expect it. Amen. Psalm 63, 2 or 62, 5 rather. My soul wait thou only upon God. For my expectation is from him. And then verse six, David goes on to say, I shall not be moved. I'm not going to be moved from what I'm expecting. If it doesn't happen to anybody else, that does does not move me. It's going to happen to me, praise God. Because I'm saying it. I'm decreeing it. I'm thinking it. I'm talking it. I'm expecting it. I'm believing it. Amen. So... I want it to happen to everybody, but if it doesn't happen to anybody else, it will happen to me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Proverbs 23, 18 says, for surely there is an end and thine expectation shall not be cut off. The message says you won't be left with an armload of nothing. If you keep expecting, then you won't end up with an armload of nothing. Can you say amen? All right, here's my last close. I heard this this morning while I was preparing for the service. That some of the first and foremost marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations that you and I are going to experience as we enter into 2019 are financial breakthroughs and restoration. Financial breakthroughs and restoration that will cause others to stand in awe at the extraordinary workings of our God. Amen. Financial breakthroughs and restoration. Amen. The, the book of Acts says that heaven holds back Jesus, retains him until the days of restitution or restoration have been fulfilled. 
In other words, one of the great marvels that will take place before the appearing of Jesus will be the restoration of everything Satan has stolen from us. Hallelujah. Everything Satan has stolen from us. How many of you are ready to get it back? Praise God. Well, wouldn't that require a marvel, a wonder, an extraordinary manifestation? I mean, how can God do that? He's God. He's the God of wonders. Amen. Financial breakthroughs. How many of you could use a financial breakthrough? I want you to, I want to encourage you that right here at the beginning of this new year, that you get up every day thinking, today is my blessing day. Today is my receiving day. Today is my surprise day. Today is my day for marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of my God. And I'm envisioning financial breakthroughs and restoration. And get up saying it every day. Don't give up on it, praise God. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I want to pray that over all of you this morning. And I want to hear the testimony when it happens, not if, when it happens. Look at somebody and tell them, it's just a matter of time. It will happen. And I will give the testimony. I will glorify God. Hallelujah. You believe that? Give the Lord a good shout. Praise God. Amen. Now, take the limitations off. Don't say, well, the only way I could see this possibly happening is I'd have to get a raise on the job. Don't limit God to that. You know, God got all over me a a, a couple of days ago. We were in uh, Canada. And I was doing this week-long meeting in Canada. Fabulous meeting. And uh, I'd been saying that my next airplane would probably come like all the previous airplanes came. And I said, uh, Brother Copeland has always believed for the money and then paid cash for the airplane. With me, God's given me the airplane and there was no exchange of funds. And so I, I, I just said, in my mind, I'm thinking the next one's going to come the same way the other ones came. And the Lord corrected me. He said, son, all your airplanes didn't come that way. I thought back on it. There was two of them that there was an exchange in funds. And he said, now you're limiting me by going around thinking and saying that it's going to come the way all the others came. You don't know how it's going to come. All you're required to do is to believe I can do it and I will. But let me choose how. Amen. I said, Lord, I just stand corrected. I'm taking the limits off you. However you want to do this. Amen. However you want to do this. I'm putting the ball in your court. Amen. Some of you need to do that too. Don't limit God to the way he's done it before. Because his ways 
can't be numbered. That means that you couldn't dream up in a thousand years all the ways that God can provide this for you. Amen? So take the limits off. How many of you are believing right now for financial breakthroughs and restoration? Stand to your feet, praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Look at somebody saying, I am taking the limits off. However God wants to do this, I'm going to allow him to be God. He wants to surprise me. I'm open to surprises. However he wants to do it. He's God. I believe he can do it. I believe he will do it. I'm expecting it. And because I'm expecting it, I'm already excited about it. Show some excitement, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I stretch out my hands over all the people in this congregation, everybody that's watching by television. I pray for marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God, especially in the area of financial breakthroughs and restoration. We're expecting it and we're shouting about it in advance. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord another shout. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God.